1: Meet Dilberta Fraser, a teacher in the outdoor classroom at Omaha Nation Public
0: School. Omaha people have this whole reservation here in lots of land, and I would like to see this generation growing their own food and making their own economy from it, so that our struggles for the past seven generations, the next seven generations, will have hope and happiness in this land.
1: See more of this story at iloveps.org.
0: This is Ryan Archidak and I shout out to the Bulls HQ podcast all the way from Australia who represent and thanks for all the support. Hello Bulls fans, welcome to Bulls HQ, a Chicago Bulls podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the show. It's been a month off for me. It's been it's been a bit of time off for me actually now I think about it. Not not, not too surprising given that there hasn't necessarily been much to talk about before our Chicago Bulls. The, the Bulls obviously aren't in the playoffs and the NBA playoffs are going on, but for me as well, I've been away for the last few weeks just... just Caring for my newborn child. So that's been an interesting experience. And uh, I'll tell you what's going to be another interesting experience is going through this podcast with my my uh, good friend C Red Fred who is joining me today. Fred, I am too tired to give you a proper intro, but uh, how are you, sir? How are you?
1: <laughs> oh, I'm living the dream, brother. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations, first of all, to you and your beautiful <laughs> wife, and uh most importantly to C Red Ted. I hope you play uh I hope you play the 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 big red bus podcast. Uh, right next to his uh, crib at night to help him uh, go to bed with a smile on his face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll definitely do that for sure. But I, I will say, you, it was a, I did appreciate the shout that you gave him on the latest uh, Big Red Bus. I was listening to that last night. So I, It's funny, when you have a child, you find all these windows of time to fit in things that you were previously doing whenever you wanted. Like last night, I was walking the dog's... Is there a last night of the night before? I was walking the dogs at like nine o'clock at uh nine nine PM I think it was, and it's winter here right now. I'm freezing my balls off, but you you gotta find a find a time to do these things and I was listening to the big red bus at that time and obviously uh I heard that uh nice little welcome to the world that you gave him, so I appreciate that.
1: I can't wait for the next, you know, hopefully twenty, thirty 40 years, how many more years I have left on this orb to guide him in the ways of basketball knowledge and the beloved bull. Uh, So I'm really looking forward to uh, sharing my knowledge with him and helping him uh, become what I have become, which is an enlightened individual. So, um, I feel like that's part of my duty. And yeah. it, you haven't asked me to be the godfather yet. I'm waiting on that call. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm open, I, I, I'm open uh, to it if you're... Uh, oh.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I'll, I'll put your name on the list. Um, I, I'm not sure if you will be baptized, but um, should that be the case, I'll, uh, I'll I'll add you to the list and very much not consider you, but I'll add you to the list. <laughs>
1: Well tell me if you don't baptize him so at least I can. And uh hey, let's ask let's ask for a bigger. Let's let's put the basketball aside for a second. I've been waiting to talk to you about this. This is a big you know as we're approaching Father's Day, I think this is a good listen for all those uh fathers that are listening to this show and pers- prospective fathers. Uh if an alien came down today, Mark, and asked you <laughs> who you are, what makes yeah. you you, what would you
0: say? What comes I have to your no mind? Idea. This oh, hey, are you kidding me? What makes me, me?
1: This is a great exercise for all you who are listening. Pretend an this, alien this came like down. sounds like a question
0: you, like you would get at like some sort of HR function at work or something. Like, <laughs> how do you identify or something like that? <laughs> <Or> like, <laughs> who are you? Like, and It's like one of those questions that you're not prepared for because it's like 9 a.m. in the morning. you just in some sort of class or some learning or thing, you know, some sort of teaching that you don't want to be part of and you just got to answer these dumb questions it's, That's, what, that's what it's it sounds not like. a
1: dumb question just pretend like there's an alien and he asks you who are you what do you say how would you define yourself
0: i don't know
1: are you kidding me this is an easy know. answer first not, of all it's difficult it's it, it shouldn't be you're a dad that's no. number one or two if you have a child, that should be number one or two. If you if you're a religious man or woman, you know obviously that should be your number one. If you're not and you happen to be an atheist or whatever, then it and you're and you have a child that should be your number one. Come on, man! What I know what talking? I would say.
0: I would I, I would say, <laughs> "Hello, alien." Um, I am a lifelong Suns fan, and my <laughs> Phoenix Suns are doing incredibly well in the NBA playoffs right now, buoyed by the fact that. My favorite player, Chris Paul, has just found a new level and um, have 25 and 10 against the Nuggets. What, what a guy. Um, have, who are you, Alien? That's how I would start that conversation.
1: <laughs> I kind of admit, I laugh every time I see your Twitter handle where it says <laughs> Lifelong Suns fan. What a pathetic <laughs> occupation that is.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's not an I occupation. Really, it's not well, an occupation. Come it's on. a labor of love.
1: <laughs> a labor of love, indeed. You know what? I'm, I'm looking so it. You know what's the funniest part about this whole playoff run for him is – You know, just the, everybody's acting like he's already climbed the mountain. He hasn't even played a game in the finals. These are Western Conference finals yet, and you know where this is headed. We all do. Come on. This isn't going to end well for him. So, hey, but I got to hand it to him. I didn't expect him to get this far. He's played very well, especially in that last deciding game. He didn't play well in the the series against the Lakers, but he played well in this series. And uh, congratulations, Chris. I've seen this uh, movie before. I know where it ends. And, uh. Can you? At least you're on my side with these State Farm commercials. How how awful can these be? Have you no, seen them? A,
0: no. Well, that's the thing. I, I don't. I, I get NBA games through League Pass, but we don't get American commercials. Oh. So I have goodness. no idea what any of these commercials are. <laughs> Anything that you're referencing, I have no idea what the hell they're talking about. All I know is that every fifth tweet that you have is about an insurance commercial <laughs> or an insurance insurance company commercial. I should say. So uh, whether it's State Farm or that progressive lady that you're always banging on about? There's always someone that's um, – Well, why is she is wearing there, an is apron? Is another company too?
1: Yeah, she Well, the, the progressive lady is wearing an apron. I still haven't figured – Why do you need an apron to sell insurance? Somebody answer that question for me. It's, a, it's the dumbest <laughs> thing. She's been selling insurance for 20 years with this stupid apron on. I still have no idea why she's wearing it. And if you saw these Chris Paul commercials, you would be as outraged as I am. I mean, I cannot believe the money they're spending on these, and these are. Be- I'll send you a couple of links to some of these commercials. They oh, are please. so dumb. It's it it would just. It, I'd rather listen to Boylan, you know, uh, an audio uh, audio book of Boylan reading the Bible than the, than than to watch uh, or whatever book um, than than to watch any more of these State Farm commercials. Oh, no, the Bible's a a very good book. I don't want to criticize that, but Boylan's not. So let's move on. What what do we have to talk about? How we get off on the Sons of Bulls again? There's news out there.
0: You asked me about, about an alien or some crap, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> to be honest with you, it's been a, it's been a month since I've podcasts, so I've I've kind of forgotten how to do this. Not that I was any good at it beforehand, but uh, I guess we should start with the bulls. Not that there's a. Well, can we hold on one second? I want
1: to go back to the alien just for one more second.
0: Really quick.
1: (laughs) Really quick. Fair enough. All right. For everybody who's listening, this is a perfect way to get your priorities in order. If an alien or anyone asks who you are and your answer is not, you know, a father, a husband, a, a son, a brother, a friend, one of those, you know, if you're saying something like, I'm a Mountain Dew drinker. Or something <laughs> <laughs> uh, ahead of this, your priorities are, sincere, are, you know, majorly out of whack. So that's this is an exercise I like to use with my friends, where I say, "Let's get your priorities in order. Who are you? Define yourself to me." And in the top five, should be something like that. I do have bulls in the top ten. Bulls fan. It's probably number probably number seven, but it's still important and a big part of my life. Uh, anyhow, all right, let's move on. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, yeah, th- yeah, thank you for interjecting and cutting me off where I was trying to get us back onto the road of this podcast for that little soliloquy there, which we didn't really need, but uh, <laughs> fair enough. I'll take your words of wisdom on board there, Dr. Frederick, and uh, I'll try to apply that into my uh, life moving forward. But for the, for the interim, let's say, let's talk about the balls because, well, there's not a lot to talk about necessarily, but I guess the one thing that is noteworthy, and it's a few days ago now, but obviously, I haven't podcasted since then, but... I wanted to talk to you about the Kobe White injury because that is notable. That is significant and it potentially shapes, maybe not the entire season, but it potentially shapes how the ball sort of start their next season, but maybe more present. It may even shape how they sort of attack free agency, what they do with the draft, assuming they even get their draft pick. The lottery is next week. So that's going to be very interesting, but an untimely injury, a not a not a serious career type injury. Uh, uh, type injury, but the fact that Kobe's going to be out potentially four to six months with a a, a, a torn labrum, I believe it is in his shoulder. Like, is that a concern for you, Fred? Because it certainly is for me.
1: It's. I mean, obviously, it's a concern. He's a key player, key key, key rotation player. I had a, a horrible flashback to the Jamal Crawford off season ACL tear, the Jay Williams off season leg almost amputated uh incident on a, on a motorbike i mean talk about bad luck for a for a team I, is there another team in in the league that has lost three guards in the off season you know like like the chicago bulls have in the past two decades i don't know maybe there are but it just sure seems like we got a run of bad luck but you know big picture i do think people are kind of overreacting somewhat i mean it's not a leg injury right it's his the, the, that's a positive it's is off it's not his shooting uh shoulder, which is another positive. In the long obviously this is a serious injury. I I'd like to know how the heck this happened. Like how do you tear your labrum on your off I have no idea how this could have happened, but I'd like to get the, the story on it. But regardless uh, I think I saw a very good piece from Casey Johnson talking about Paul George, and he had the exact same injury, and he actually had the surgery almost on the same day, and he came back around November. So that should give you kind of like a ball pack, ballpark timeline on when he'll return. If he comes back in November, I think we're really kind of just freaking out a little bit too much. Like, I still don't think a point guard now is is the primary need of this team. I think there's a, a bigger need. Let's see if you can figure out what my – because I'm watching the playoffs. What do you think Fred Pfeiffer would define C-Red Fred as a, as a bigger need than point guard?
0: Well, I already know the answer because you've already told me that before and you, you told us all in the Big Red Pass podcast as well. So <laughs> okay, I, I'm assuming it's a defensive 3 and D type wing.
1: Yeah, elite elite perimeter defender. You look at all the teams that are left, you got Philly, you got Simmons and Tybalt, you got Hawks with, you know, DeAndre Hunter's obviously hurt, and that's hurting that team, but they have some nice pieces on the perimeter, uh, probably less so, which explains why I think they're the worst team left in the playoffs. You got the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George, the Suns with, uh, you know, Bridges, who's absolutely fantastic. Utah has Bogdanovich, who I... Uh, uh you know think is underrated. Conley's fantastic still hurt. But you know, to me it's like that's a major flaw with this team. And we got a guy in in Williams who's playing the three, who's assigned to all the all this talent at that position, all the wings in the league, and he's really a four. Not well suited for it. And the other guy we have is old man Temple. I mean to me like this is like our biggest need by far. And I'd rather have that if you get, if you have to make a choice between a Traditional point guard or a elite on-ball perimeter defender, ideally at the three position, who can also shoot the three. I'd rather have the latter. I don't understand why this is so hard. To me, we we had 14 games with Vucevic and Zach Levine. Out of that, that set, the offensive pick and roll between Vuce and Zach Levine is going to be the base offense. I think everything should emanate from that specific play. All good will come from that play, and I think it lessens the need for a traditional point guard. What say you?
0: Yeah, I don't think they need a traditional point guard, but they certainly need guard, uh, guard play. And the fact that beyond Zach and maybe even there, just maybe it stops there. Like the Bulls don't necessarily have a guy who can sort of get to the get to the rim consistently. I don't know if Kobe can do that. Maybe that was where he was sort of trending for in, in his, his third season. But the fact that that now he's essentially missing. All the off-season, he won't have time to really work on his game. He'll be coming back maybe when the season is starting. And I'm assuming it'll take him at least a month, maybe longer to get his legs back, to get his feel back, all that sort of stuff. So he's going to have an interrupted time here to the point where, I don't know, this could really derail his third season, which is not ideal but, you know, for, for Kobe himself. like Long-term, he'll be fine. But for specifically for this Bulls team, thinking about how much this upcoming season is Potentially make or break in a lot of ways. So we've we've talked about the fact that Zach Levine, while well, potentially may be an unrestricted free agent after this season, let's let's see how this offseason plays out. Maybe he signs an extension this this off season. I'd be very surprised if that happens, but maybe that happens. But in the event that it doesn't, then he's an unrestricted free agent. In that scenario, like you and I have talked about, like you want to to be selling Zach on the best possible product in Chicago, and if Kobe isn't his best self for a long time. The team you know, is taking Ls because of that. And you don't necessarily address the point guard position. Like I don't think anyone necessarily disagrees with you in the sense that it would be great to have a 3 and D wing on the roster. But where is that guy coming from? Because there's not a lot of those guys out there in free agency. Whereas for point guard, at least, there are some realistic names out there, some more so than others. So I think that's where it sort of comes from. The fact that one, the Bulls have all, have. For a while now, have said that they have they are prioritizing point guard. The fact that Kobe goes out now, I would assume that continues. But just looking at the landscape of free agency, that there isn't many wing options available, unfortunately.
1: Well, that's where I disagree with you. I don't think there are realistic options at point guard. Like what what are they? Lonzo Ball? You're going to pay him twenty four million a year. That's what he's going to cost. I well, don't think that's a good move. I don't well, think that's a good. Let's see what move. he's
0: going to cost first. Let's see what he's going to cost first.
1: He's going to cost. Do, would you? Well, come on. Let's just—we have an educated guess. He's going to cost between twenty-four, twenty-two, and twenty-five million a year, and I think it's insane to pay that much for four years for a guy. Now you're locking yourself into those three players, uh, and, and you're going to have next year. You're going to have to pay Levine and max deal, Max Vucevic, and Lonzo Ball. It's not going to move the needle. It's not going to win anything, you know. So I I I think we're kind of SOL on this one. Like I, I would rather just hand starting position to Sato. Something you've been touting <laughs> for <laughs> pull out your T shirt. <laughs> pull out your t pull out your T shirt. And the Stars Auto T shirt. Let's get Kobe back as soon as possible. We'll see when he comes back. He was remarkably durable. Hopefully he'll heal quickly and, you know, be back in November. You know, and we'll look at another option at I, I am for the um you know, if Jay, if Jalen Brunson or you know, one of these guys that's a little bit cheaper, but um, I'm really off the ball train if he's going to cost $24 million. I don't understand yeah, so how people long. are for this. There's so many are people they? that just think... There's a tremendous amount of Bulls fans that are for signing Lonzo Ball uh, for, you know, 23, twenty They'd be fine with it. And I just I think, think...
0: Go ahead. I think there's a lot of Bulls fans that are very into Lonzo Ball, as, as I am. I, I think he would be a great addition, but there is a cost to it, and... I don't know. Like I don't know if that's a true statement to say that the Bulls. There's a lot of Bulls fans out there that would pay Lonzo twenty three, twenty four, twenty five million. Uh, maybe it's true. I, I don't know. To me, I don't think it is. But I certainly wouldn't want to pay him that much money. Like that. That would be ridiculous. But I'm assuming other people feel similarly. But maybe I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, I, I think um, I think people would be happy with that. To me, there's a lot of other guys out there that I'd go after. Oh, first of all, Mike Conley would be my number one option. Try to figure out a way to go after him. I guess it's kind of dependent on what happens in Utah. If they end up getting in, you know, going to the the Western Conference Finals, I don't think it's likely. You know, he'll he'll go anywhere, but who knows what's going to happen if they don't get there? He's been injured. Uh, that'd be a great guy to go after. Lowry's going to cost too much. You know, um, Spencer Dinwiddie's the guy they threw out there, but he, I don't think he plays defense well enough. Whoever you no. put at that at that point guard position, better be able to guard. Uh, yeah. You know, one and twos. It's it's essential. So, um, you know, R- Ricky Rubio is a guy I think that absolutely we should be all cheering for. If, if the Bulls don't get a top four pick, we should all be cheering for the Timberwolves to keep that pick. I have a, an inside source in Minnesota who says that uh, absolutely Rubio is going to be available if they keep that pick because they're going to be in the tax at that point. And I mm-hmm. think he'd be a perfect stopgap for one year. Don't you concur? That'd be a great choice.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't mind Rubio. Like that that's not a bad – Bad option. I really like the, the Jalen Brunson suggestion as well. Like that like that would be very interesting to me because you know he can come off the bench and do his thing as a six man, but he's played next to Luca and has been very you know successful in that role. And uh, I, I just like his game more generally. So yeah, I like the Jalen Brunson suggestion. Yeah, I'm more of the mind that if you can't get Lonzo at a reasonable price and I'm assuming guys like, uh, you know, Mike Conley, Kyle Lowry, Chris Paul, they may be free agents, but they're not going to consider the Bulls then I'm more inclined to go with the stopgap solution. Whether that's the, the the guys that we've noted, whether it's someone like uh, T.J. McConnell, I don't know what the answer is, but I wouldn't want to be paying overs for a whoever the guard may be. Even Dennis Schroeder, for example, I know he's a, he's a name that's out there. I I, I want no nothing way. to do with Dennis Schroeder. Amen. Um, I um, at a, at, a, at, a, at the price that he wants. He turned down four for 84 or something stupid like that. What a dumbass now in hindsight. So yeah. um, I want nothing to do with Schroeder. I hope the Bulls don't go that direction. Obviously, he has a connection with Billy Donovan from their time at OKC. But yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting situation. But it's just it's just something the Bulls didn't need to happen with this Kobe injury because Kobe was playing really well towards the end of the season. He was improving. A big year coming up for him, the fact that he was entering year three, and he and Vucevic sort of found their groove together. And the fact that he's going to miss this entire offseason, won't have that developmental time, uh, it's, it's just a bummer, I guess. It, it is. And it just, no it's, we, we need everything to go right right now because the Bulls just don't have an abundance of resources right now. I mean, with I touched on it before, that the fact that the lottery is next week. We don't even know if the Bulls are going to have their pick next week. Maybe if they do keep it, maybe this can sort of help hedge this Kobe injury. But if they don't keep that pick, if they don't have a lot of cap space, they don't really have a lot of resources to necessarily improve the roster dramatically, which, you know, that would be concerning for me, I guess. So it's just something that we didn't need to happen. Like Kobe's going to be probably a top four or top five player in the rotation Next season, or at least was scheduled to be somewhere in that vicinity, depending on what happened to the roster itself. But to now lose him for four to six months, he loses all that development time, like I sort of talked about. Like it's just something that we didn't need to happen.
1: Well, you mentioned McConnell, which is a name that uh, Casey Johnson threw out there, and I, am a you know a closet fan of his. I think that'd be an excellent acquisition, and spreading. You know, I think he's a massive upgrade on you know Archie. He, he's he's a rich man's version of Archie, right? He's I think he's much better and a lot a lot more just incredible defender. I think he'd be great. I think he'd be just a great addition. But how much is it going to cost? Like, could you get him for the mid level exception? Less yeah, than that?
0: You, yeah, I think you can get him for like a a deal that pays him between six to eight million a year.
1: So. I'd be all over that. I think that's a much better idea than signing Lonzo for 22 or 23. And I I'd, I'd bet you if you pulled the fan base, I think 75% of the fan base would prefer Lonzo at 22 than TJ McConnell at seven, which I think is inc- insane. Like it just don't, I, I, there's too many other needs for this team. You know, I guess let's start it with this. If we get top four in the draft, then all this conversation is moot because yeah. you know, we're, the party's well, maybe. on man.
0: Maybe. The party's maybe. on. What do you mean? Maybe.
1: What, what, well, what are um, you
0: saying? It, well, are you suggesting you know picking a point guard in the top four? Is that what you're saying? No, it doesn't matter who you pick
1: in the top four because you're going to get a, a difference maker, and you know probably you won't. A green is not a really a point guard. It doesn't matter. I mean, there's a lot of good teams. Like look at the Clippers that really don't have. Tra- I guess Rondo's a traditional point guard, but he's not even playing. Like most of these teams don't have traditional point guards outside the Suns. So I don't think you need it if you have enough talent. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a. It's a dying breed, uh, let's put it that way, of Chris Paul, who is, you know, he's a traditional great point guard, Uh, but you don't need it if you have enough talent.
0: You don't need a traditional point guard, let's say. Let's let's move away from that notion because, like, Lonzo isn't necessarily a traditional point guard either. Maybe Rubio is more to that slant, let's say, but, like, Schroeder isn't. Uh, There's other names that we've sort of talked about that may or may not be traditional point guards. Like, I don't even know what that means anymore. I'm just more thinking about a guy that I could put reasonably put on the basketball court who can play both ends and can bring me a positive value, an added value, which is something that the Bulls haven't necessarily had a point guard for. Jeez, I don't even know when. <laughs> it's been a damn, damn long time. So, uh, yeah, I just want to watch a season of Bulls basketball where we have some competent guard play. And I think, like you mentioned it before, like the fact that you've been watching these playoffs and the fact that You've been sort of yearning over all these wings that are out there, but the other thing that I've been noticing is just how how far the balls are behind in terms of just general playmaking and, and perimeter creation. I mean, we've got Zach who can obviously do that at, at the level of a guy like Devin Booker or, or you know, a Donovan Mitchell or a Trey Young who's doing things in the series against the Sixers, but beyond Zach, like there's no. There's no one you can really kick the ball to on the perimeter and and go out there and make a play. I know Kobe's a great catch and sh- catch and shoot shooter, but like,
1: I totally who, disagree with that assertion. You know, what? so so Bill Bill Simmons had a great. I know you don't like him, but he had a fantastic. No, like For I, I enjoy listening to his podcast. He had a great. Uh, him and Ryan Rosillo went through their top yeah. forty list, and yeah. really interesting that he had two bulls, <laughs> two bulls in the top forty. Uh, with yeah. uh, Zach and, and Vooch, which I think most people would agree that they're, how, you know, they're probably it, they're twenty five to forty. Motivation? Well, it was what what was interesting about it is how many teams had zero in the top forty. Take a guess how many teams they had zero in the top forty on their mutual lists. What would know. you guess?
0: Think ten, about it. Ten Eight. or twelve.
1: Eight. 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 Yeah. yeah. So the, you were a little on the high end. Which, sit back and think about that. There's eight teams in the NBA without even one guy in the top 40. We have two. I think we were one of, like, I can't recall what the number was, but big picture, we should have been in the playoffs, right? You got two guys, and Zach, to me, the biggest Delta question here is not Williams and everything else about uh, Vooch and how this team's going to develop. My biggest question is, can Zach Levine take another jump, which he's taken in three years? I think we all agree every year he's hit a new level and I'm and I'm wondering uh, can he become a top 10 player can he become a top five scorer I don't think it's out of the realm of impossibility that Zach can take another jump this offseason if he does that becomes a really truly top 10 top 15 player then we'll be fine we'll be fine vouoch is gonna be you know like he's if You know, Vooch is going to be Vooch. I think he's going to be – I was really impressed with him overall – the thing that hurt us, we had 14 games with those two together, right? I'm pretty excited about the future. I think the the, the fan base in general, Chicago especially, and the listeners of the uh, Sports Raider have been far too hard on the Bulls. And yeah, sure, it was disappointing at the end, but when you step back and look at the situation, you know, you'd have to be a moron not to realize what happened. We missed our best player for two weeks, right? I mean, come on, Mark. You know it's true too. Yeah, right? but you yeah.
0: haven't you haven't challenged the notion that I just said that. Like, yeah, I I I understand that. Levine and Vucha probably t- two players in the top 40 like that's fine but what I'm talking about is you need another perimeter guy out there to support Zach that was my point don't don't you think that the Bulls need another guy like that like, not necessarily a top 40 guy but like a, a top 50 60 70 guy who can be out there as a as as a secondary creator on the perimeter I know they want to run some th- stuff through Vucevic through the high post but you still need another option on the perimeter sure don't don't you agree
1: i, I it would be nice but I, I took some solace in the fact that I thought Kobe white really took great strides at the end of last season to become that player on the perimeter who's uh, who's potentially, you know, could could hurt you. I agree, right? Yes. Ideally, we'd like to get another player out there. Can Patrick Williams become that guy too? It's not like, I don't think you look at the Bulls and say, oh my God, we have no other answers here. Yeah, we do. Kobe White and Patrick Williams are two potential answers to that question. Yeah, ideally we could like to bring in another guy. It's going to be hard to do that with a mid-level exception who can be that creator, but I don't think it's impossible. And after listening to that pod with Bill Simmons, guess what? Most of the teams in the league don't even have two guys. We have two. You know, I think, I think that's a massive thing that we're kind of underselling because we didn't well, really get to enjoy yeah. the fruits of it, right? We only had it for 14 games. So, yeah, there's a lot of negativity, and, and rightly so, for not making the playoffs. But I think if you really step back and analyze the situation, there should be far more positivity, and the place will go nuts. If we get a top four pick, I mean, that's the thing I'm most excited about. If we're going to be bringing in, you know, Cunningham or Suggs is a true point guard. I love that kid. Green, fantastic shooting guard, or Mobley. I mean, we're going to, we're going to be, you know,
0: cooking with gas. Is it hyperbolic to say that the next week, this time next week, when we're at the lottery, that that could really define the, the next five to 10 years of Bulls basketball? Is that too hyperbolic?
1: I, I, yeah, I would say it's a little bit too hyperbolic. So, I mean, let's uh, be see, honest. I think it is. But go on. Well, if they don't get it, like, let's let's live in re- the real realistic possibilities. It's likely they won't get it. It's an 80% chance they're not going to get it. Yeah. Are you telling me you don't feel great about the Bulls' future? I don't no. think I <laughs> – <okay. laughs> Well, I don't know. What, if you don't feel great about the – so you don't feel great about the Bulls' future, do you feel no. bad about the Bulls' future? <laughs>
0: No, I think there's, I think there's a a middle ground between great and bad. I, I think I feel okay and fine, and they could have put together a decent, good team that could um maybe do similar things to what the Hawks are doing right now. Um, maybe, but yeah, I don't feel great about the future. I'll feel great about it if they luck into a top four pick and, you know, either draft the player like Cunningham or if for whatever reason that pick isn't inside the top two or three, you get the fourth pick, then maybe you can trade that pick and, you know, some additional assets to, come to, to, to bring in another, you know, veteran of sorts, a, a guy that's ready-made who's closer to a star-level player now to support Vooch and and Levine, like that's what I'd be trying to do if I get the fourth pick. If I get the first or second pick, then yeah, I'm taking Cade Cunningham or or Jalen Suggs. But yeah, I'll feel great this time next week if they get that pick. But if they don't, then I'm like, uh you know, this this could go a myriad of ways, but I'd I'd be concerned that, um, you know, our avenues to supporting Levine and building the best possible team around him will take a hit if we don't get that pick next week. So in in my mind, I, I don't think it is hyperbolic to say that Next week, depending on what happens at the draft, like that could really dramatically change how we view them, you know, in hindsight, let's, let's take a step forward. If, if that alien comes down that you've referenced before, <laughs> if that alien comes back down to earth in five to 10 years time, and we're, we're telling him about, you know, the Bulls basketball that we just watched over the last five to 10 years. I'm assuming it would be a lot more positive if we had that pick than not. All right, let's
1: let's have let's have the alien sit down next to us here for a second and the audience and I listen to my case here. And let's assume we don't get this pick, all right? Do you really watch the Atlanta Hawks and say god there's a ca- massive chasm between the Atlanta Hawks and the Chicago Bulls? Cuz I don't. Yeah.
0: I oh, do. why?
1: why? I watch the New York Knicks and I say, and all I say is we're a better team than these guys. I just cannot believe that they made the playoffs out of us. And then I watched the Hawks, and you know, Trey Young's a fine player. I think I don't think he's miles better than Zach Levine. I think Vucevic is, uh, you know, much better. Obviously, offensive center. He's not in the class defensively as Capella, but you know, they signed Bogdanovich was a great sign. They they made these little signings that you know obviously made the team better. But I don't think they're. That far ahead of the Chicago Bulls.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I, I would, I you can make the argument that the Bulls top two versus the Hawks top two, whoever the the, the second guy on the Hawks is, whether it's Collins, whether it's uh, Capella. Like, you can make the argument pretty easily that Levine and Vucevic is better than the Hawks' top two guys, That's whoever, whether it's Trey Young and Capella or, or whoever. But where? where the Hawks go past the Bulls by quite a bit is the the depth pieces that they have like they they're doing this against the Sixers right now now granted MB isn't 100% but he had two pretty massive games to start this series they're, they're riding this series right now and you know they're doing that without Reddish basically playing all season who Reddish the hell knows if Reddish amounts to yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of Reddish but he may amount to something but even if he doesn't DeAndre Hunter has barely played this season if yes, he comes in and be a player that you thought he would be, you're a big Hunter fan. Like they could yeah. be really good. Uh, Herders look really good as well for the Hawks. You mentioned Bogdanovich; he's been fantastic in the playoffs. So I don't know. I think they've gone past the Bulls, well and truly at this point. And um, yeah, I'd be a little bit concerned about, about whether the Bulls can go past the uh, the Hawks or any other team. Like to me, watching the Hawks right now, I'm I'm looking at this team being a. A perennial top four team in the East. That's how I feel about them right now. And uh, You yeah, mentioned the Knicks on. there. Shout out to to, uh, to Tibbs for winning coach of the year. Do you have any thoughts on that, Craig?
1: <laughs> I really don't. Well, I do, actually. Let me go in somewhat in depth for them. <laughs> Tibbs is exactly what he is and he's always been. He's a guy who plays his best players in regular season an immense amount of minutes if they're healthy. And that's a huge advantage over, I mean, every coach adopts adopt his playing pattern and, you know, play their two best players, 2,500 minutes or more. They'd have a better record, but guess what happened? It leads to disappointment in the playoffs. That's exactly what we saw this year. This is an exercise I played with Doug Tonus where we had the entire NBA show up at Lifetime Fitness. We had a pickup game. <laughs> Did you listen to that episode? Did you Great like that? way. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So <laughs> here's a, let's do it. You, you, and me, and you. This is how this uh. is how you figure out who's got the better team. We both show up at the Lifetime Fitness. You got the first pick, and it's the entire Hawks and Bulls roster. Who you take in number one?
0: Yeah, we've done this exercise before. We know this is not how basketball works. <laughs> we haven't done it for the Hawks and Bulls before, but, we, but you and I have played this game before. I don't know what teams we've done. But we it, doing. Proves
1: my, it proves my point. Like it does. Zach, Zach, yes, it does. Zach Levine, Vucevic are, are right there with, with the Hawks, Got Patrick Williams is up there and Kobe White. I'd say they probably have six in the top ten and we have four. They're not miles ahead of us. They're not. They're not. There's a very small chasm and you get one – player, if we do get lucky and get one out of this, you know, this one out of five chance and get one of these top four, we're going to be awesome. And even if we don't, I I think it's entirely possible, like if we take Doug Tona's 2022 plan that one difference maker will want it. If it's Bradley Beal, I don't, I don't care who it is. Somebody wants to join the Bulls in Chicago is not out of the realm of, in fact, I think it's more likely, this is my argument with, with David Kaplan, I think it's more likely I still believe the Bulls are a more attractive destination right now than the Knicks. If you're a great player, where would you rather go?
0: To win. Whichever, to win. whichever team's going choice... to pay me the most money. Whichever okay. team's going to give me the Assuming best that's opportunity equal.
1: to win. Assuming that's equal, why would you think that the New York Knicks are going to give you a better opportunity?
0: Why would would I you think rather? The Bulls are gonna give me a bit
1: Because they have two all stars in Zach Levine and Vucevic, who only played fourteen games together. I understand the whole argument. We didn't make the playoffs, but can we all grow up and realize that we had our two best players played fourteen games together? That if you're a great player, I'd rather go play with Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic than you know RJ Barrett, right? Wouldn't you? Well, potentially, Why am I nuts potentially I mean,
0: because the Knicks, the Knicks the Knicks might add another guy this off to RJ Ooh. Barrett and Julius Randle. They a, a heap who, of cap space. Who,
1: who, yeah, who are they adding?
0: That's the whole I point. There's I, nobody out I there. I haven't seen it yet, but they <laughs> might, they might <laughs> add a re- good, reasonable player who is at a level of, say, Vucevic or maybe just a little bit lower than that, let's say. And then then the, the calculus changes. It's not just RJ Barrett and Julius Randle. It's RJ, Julius Randle, and player X, whoever that player may be. You, don't you think that's possible? I,
1: I I don't see a uh, I don't see a great free agent that the Knicks can add this offseason,
0: No. Let, let, let me ask you this then: What happens if your favorite player in the world, Damian Lillard, demands a trade to the Knicks?
1: <laughs> why would he do that? What, why, what, what, that's maybe, my whole point. He why, no, why he, wouldn't? he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. I, we're just I, talking
0: hypotheticals. I've let, got let inside sources in
1: Portland too. Oh yeah. I, and, and guess <laughs> sure what? He's, he's probably going to stay there. But even if he wanted to go somewhere to win, somewhere to win, why would he go to New York? There's no other great players there. I mean, come on. This is insanity. Randall, you want to go play with Randall? <laughs> Are you kidding? I'm this just is the Zaro world.
0: I'm just saying, what, what, would, what would your reaction be in the event that Damian wanted out and he I, chose the Knicks over the Bulls?
1: I would get up on a uh, on a uh, soapbox and I would announce to the world that I'm a moron, that I'm an idiot. I don't know what <laughs> I'm talking about. Yes, I'm a dunce and I've been wrong all these years and I re- I will retire as a prophet. Because, yes, I will do that. But that's not going to happen.
0: That's not uh, gonna- <laughs> well, look, <laughs> Good, Let's put it lot. in writing right now. Should that should that transpire? Should Damian Lillard decide he wants out of Portland and he wants to go to the Knicks? That soapbox that you referenced, you're coming on this podcast at that point in time and coming on the podcast and telling everyone that you're a dunce, that you're retiring as a prophet, and that you will now become a Knicks fan and follow Damien Lillard instead of the Bulls.
1: I will never. Ever announce a loyalty to the Knicks, but I will get on that <laughs> soapbox and call myself a dummy. I will be happy to do that, but it won't happen. It's not going to happen. I've already foreseen what's going on here. Nobody's oh, going to yeah. play for the Knicks. Nobody's going to play for Tibbs. Everybody acts like this. This uh, the athletic pole just suddenly disappeared because he had a good year and got a bunch of guys that were desperate for money and to get a big contract like Julius Randle to play off, you know, play out of the rear end. That's there. Nobody's going to go there. Who's going to play? Who's the free agent that's going to go there? That's I don't going to make know. a difference. But there, there, aren't any. That's my whole point. I've studied the whole list. There's nobody. there <laughs> <laughs>
0: <studied. laughs>
1: I've done intense study of the free agent list. There's nobody over. There's nobody out there that's going to make a, a darn bit of difference for the Knicks. Okay. Darn bit of difference. So.
0: Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Let's get off the topic. But can, I throw,
1: can I throw out the worst contracts in basketball topic to you? I'd like you to. Can I name the top eight? You tell me okay. what's the worst. You ready? Yeah. And I'd like, I'd like you to tell me if you would take any of these players on the Bulls.
0: Can I just say no to them all now?
1: <laughs> sure. Well, I'll name them really quick. Kevin Love, 31.5, no. 28.9. John Wall, 44.3, no. uh Russell Westbrook, 44.2. No. 4. See, that's the one I would say yes. No, no, I think it no, would be no, for- no. Kemba Walker, 36, no, 37. definitely not. Por- Porzingis, 31,
0: 33. Nope.
1: Wiggins? Nope. All right. Horford, 27-26.
0: I think that last year is team option, non-guaranteed, but still, nope.
1: And D'Angelo Russell at 30 and 31.3. Hell no. Let's go back to Wiggins because this was a topic that we talked about on uh, one of my billion <laughs> yeah. polls. One of your why polls, were you guys, yeah. Why were you guys laughing at it, at that whole thing? I don't understand why you wouldn't consider if, the, if Golden State said, yes, we'll give you the 14th pick if you take the Wiggins contract. Why is that an, a moronic idea?
0: because why am i consuming my cap space for andrew wiggins not just this season but like in 2022 as well like i lose effectively two off seasons for the 14th pick
1: first of all wiggins fits in wiggins is not a bad basketball player
0: he's, he's not, not bad but i'm not i'm not he's not worth all that expense surely
1: no doubt no doubt but you're getting the 14th pick in
0: this yeah, but the, you got to think about the opportunity cost here. Like, is is the fourteenth pick and Andrew Wiggins worth the opportunity cost of what you could do in this free What's agency the opportunity cost for the- this
1: year? There's no well, opportunity. That's my well, whole there point. Is. There's no depends there, on what you do. No, no. There, we'll, we're we're going to be over the cap. We're going to have a mid level exception. There is no, zero opportunity for the Bulls to do anything that's really going to make a, a darn bit of difference. So why not take in a number one pick asset and Wiggins who fits in perfectly with the starting five. And now you have Zach Levine, who's apparently friendly with Wiggins, Wiggins at the three you got, and then you get put Williams at his natural position at the four, Vooch at the five and Kobe White and Sato at the one. I don't understand why this is like an insane idea. People just are jumping on me and acting like I'm a moron for it. I think it's brilliant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't you think there's a. You know, if people. uh if the majority are telling you that uh, I won't say I won't use the word idiot because that's that's not fair, you know I don't want to say that to your face at least. Oh, thanks. But, you're a real humanitarian. <laughs> <laughs> if a lot, everyone else is saying that, and look, I'm not saying that, but if everyone else is saying that, they're all telling you this this trade stinks. What the hell are you talking about? And you think you're like this pure genius? You're the only one who's thinking this is a great idea. It does that not, not necessarily tell you something? <laughs> I wouldn't say
1: everybody thinks it's dumb. I've had a few strays that have said, actually, that's a great idea. So it's brought me some solace and confidence. So I, I I still think it's, I still think it's a good, I I, I would do that move. I would do that move. And I'd especially do it if they're willing to give you the, the Minnesota pick, which could be, you know, what, four, six, seven. They're
0: not doing it. Like I told you on Twitter, they're not trading Andrew Wiggins to the bulls for salary relief. They, they, if, if, If the Warriors are dealing Wiggins, they're dealing Wiggins with James Wiseman and the picks that they have, whether it's their pick or the Minnesota picks that will be coming to them. They're dealing that guy for someone like Bradley Beal or a star like that to put next to Curry, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and to have this one last chance at doing something with Steph Steph, uh, Curry's prime. That's what they're keeping these assets for, not to necessarily ship him out to Chicago to save millions of dollars for the owner. Like That's not happening.
1: That's hard throwing Sato in. I still don't think that you're doing a team like the Wizards a, a big favor by giving them the, let's say, the number fourth or fifth pick, um, and, and in Wiggins, which is an albatross contract, and act like here and give us Beal for that. It's not a good deal for them. They can do better but than if, that. if it's
0: Wiggins, Wiseman, whatever the Minnesota pick is, well, plus that Golden State. Well, yeah, I think he sucks, but he's still the number (laughs) two picking the draft from Martin. So what? So what? (laughs) So is Tyrus Thomas. I'm saying. (laughs) All right, go Uh, ahead. It's a a decent package. Maybe it doesn't get you Bradley Bill, but maybe it gets you another you know fringe all-star type. Maybe a CJ McCollum, someone like that, someone of that nature. Uh, Maybe not McCollum himself, but a a level of that nature. So I don't know. My point is that if they're trading all their assets that they do have, they're doing it to maximize Steph Curry's prime, not to not to give the Bulls the fourteenth pick Andrew and Andrew Wiggins for Saturansky to save their owners uh, a few million bucks there. So um that was my main issue with your uh genius proposal that you put in a poll on Twitter. But um
1: You didn't like my Dame one either.
0: Which was your Dame one?
1: The Dame one was uh Patrick Williams and every available asset draft oh, asset yeah. from your yeah, I to think Kingdom I responded come. to you
0: that Portland would just laugh at you. Like, why would Portland do
1: that? I I can't be silent. Like I said, this is the whole uh, essence of the Chicago fan base that half the fan base thought I was dumb for trading Patrick Williams, and the other half thought I was dumb for even offering, you know, that Portland would give us Dame for Patrick Williams. It was like I was getting it from all angles. He's either a great prospect or he's not, so I don't understand why that's not enough to get a deal done. I think it's a good deal.
0: Well, he's not a great prospect, and not great enough to get you you, Dame (laughs) Lillard. He's, he's not that good. Like I, yeah. I, I like Patrick Williams. I think he can be a very good, very, very good player. But yeah, people thinking he's the next Kawhi or he's untradeable or whatever it might be. Like yeah, that that's insane. Good. Like I would definitely, I would, I would trade Patrick Williams this off season if I could. If it guaranteed me getting a player back, a player who's a an all star level type player, or like I said, a fringe all star level player who I can add to Levine and Vucevis and sort of maximize the next three or five years of this Bulls team. If, if I could get that with for Patrick Williams and even throwing Kobe White in there and a future additional picks, whatever it may, it may be, for whoever that player is, but like another all-star level player, I'm doing it. Absolutely. I, I, I'm doing it. I don't care what other And the team. Pat
1: Williams uh, mafia be damned because they're coming after you with for that suggestion, and I don't understand Well, let them
0: come after me. Let them come yeah. after me. That's well, fine.
1: You know what? Uh, you want to talk a little sixth grade basketball here? So I there's an there's an analogy with the sixth grade basketball and I realized it with Patrick yeah. Williams. So there was we had a sixth grader on the travel team last year and this kid um let's just say his name was Mark. Everybody who's listening to this knows what we're talking about cuz he moved out of state thank god. Nice kid uh but his mom was, you know, why is his wondering. name Mark? I'm just well. His, I'm assuming you're setting this up
0: to be a disparaging <laughs> sort of that, story towards his kid. Out, I just threw it.
1: I just threw out Well, his his name began with an M, and so right. I just thought, uh, Mark. We'll how about we call him Michael? Names? All right, so Michael. Michael we'll call him Michael. Yeah, yeah. His mom thought he was like LeBron, right? And he was the tallest <laughs> kid on the team. He was very talented. You know, I mean, a good kid. I had no problem with him as a kid, but you know, he liked to play in the perimeter. Even though he was a tall skin, a team do a team. He did a lot of fancy dribbling didn't hustle. He liked to fall on the ground and beg for fouls. So we, we had a coach that videotaped every game and, you know, that's I I, I know you enjoy my uh, tweets where I break down the, the Bulls game. That's what I would do for our actual sixth grade games where I'd send it to coach. We'd break down the video and say, I kind of view watching each play like looking at a crime scene. What was the negative <laughs> thing that happened and what caused it? Right? Okay, yeah. okay. So why did we give up a layup? Why did we give up that rebound? And I'd say seventy-five to eighty percent of our breakdowns defensively were due to this one kid. It was un, it was unbelievable. It was just unbelievable. It was, it, you know, it's something you don't see like if you're just watching the game, but then you see, oh, he tried to go for a steal here and he gave up the layup, or he tried to, he didn't even pick up his guy in a box out. So this kid, anyhow, last he didn't start because coach made the right choice. I'm the assistant on the team, and he, and then we had the playoffs third game in one day and he said you know what i'm going to start you michael the last game his mom took him home before the game started didn't even tell us he said uh she was so upset that he didn't play enough in the previous game and i think that the fan base with patrick williams is a lot like that mom that's <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, how so? Because I'm not making that connection right now. Immediately, <laughs>
1: they just really overrate and just like are so overprotective and just think
0: right.
1: he's he he can do nothing wrong. At least, at least you know, at least Patrick is better than 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 you know Michael was. Than Michael, but <laughs> yeah. But every time I'd watch a Bulls game, it was hilarious. Like I'd be reading t- Twitter, like, oh look at. It- you know, look at P. Will hanging with you know Kawhi, and then I'd watch the game and I'd just be mortified at you know Kawhi getting <laughs> is basically a season high, one under that, and people just like if, if, acting like he did something incredible. I've never seen anything like it. You know, did I'm you see that Billy
0: Donovan and uh, Patrick Williams are at the Bucks game the other night? I
1: didn't know. I didn't know that uh, Patrick Williams was there. That's great yeah. to hear. Oh my god, go. that's so good He's to just hear.
0: Studying, studying, you know, Kevin Durant and Giannis, and just becoming a better basketball player just by watching don't don't you feel that friend
1: well I, I didn't feel that because i brought this up with big dave we, we had dinner the other night with doug tonis big dave and the ball guys and yeah. uh i brought this up like i thought it was such an odd comment that he went up to uh thad young and said you know what does it take to be great and, and everybody was like everyone everybody was all excited what a great question first of all as C c-dub said why are you asking Thad Young? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point.
1: <laughs> you know, what does it take to be pretty good? You know, I guess I, if you're going to ask what it takes to be great, you know, ask, you know, a really great player that, but well, I don't know. Not not just like it just seems like, something, it seems like something an agent would say. Like, this, it's like a ridiculous question. It's like, what does it take to become a millionaire? Well, there's like 50 things you have to do. You know, there's like every day you got to shoot 500 shots. Like, you should know this at 19. I, I just thought it was kind of a weird – like, aside, and I just, I don't know, it made me really, it didn't make me feel like most people I'd say, oh, that's great to hear. And for me, it was like, what? Like, why? I don't know. He just, he says a lot of things I just question. How much like, do you
0: wish he was Isaac Cora? And be honest. <laughs> be honest. Like, how much better would you feel about the Bulls? If, I would if, feel, if,
1: the only reason I'd feel a lot better is because Coral clearly fit in better with the bulls because we had you know like fourteen power forwards, yeah. so I thought he w- he would have been a better fit. But I believe me, I I'm ecstatic we have Pat Will and we don't have Denny Average, so that was like the balance, right? I'm very <laughs> happy we got Pat Will. If we would have drafted Denny Average, like half the fan base wanted, I would have. imagine this year how what a disaster we would be yeah,
0: talking
1: would be bad. about. You know, it it, would be you bad. know, this has been fun, it Mark. Would be bad. Don't you have to get back to see Red Ted? Oh, do we got something else to talk about?
0: Yeah, I was just wanted to get your. You mentioned before that you're a prophet. You know, I don't, I don't believe that you are, but um, you mentioned that before, so let, let's test that and um, let, let's let's end on this note with your your prophetic skills here. Sure. Firstly, obviously the playoffs are going on, where we're in mid well, halfway through the second round right now. Some teams have advanced, like by Phoenix Suns. Some are still playing, but um, like, give like me your prophetic. Uh, <laughs> give me your view on how the the playoffs, the rest of the playoffs, is going to uh, transpire.
1: Well. I, I made this announcement on the first C-Red uh, Fred and the Knights of Roundball table that I predicted the Clippers and, and Sixers would be yep. in the, went, go to the championship and the, the Clippers would win it all. And mm-hmm. I was uh, immediately hit with a lot of laughter, a lot of jokes. Oh, I've kept them all. I'm looking forward to retweeting those. <laughs> um, I will admit now my faith in the Sixers was shaken. I still can't believe they lost that game. I mean unbelievable and yeah Embiid who knows how hurt he is it's it's admirable how he's playing through it but you know that's not good but I still think they that that team I love the way they play defense I love thigh I mean there's so many guys on a team that I love but it's just such a kind of a weird team right Mm, Simmons is so good defensively and and they're just so good on the perimeter defensively but Simmons is a weird player it's the best way to describe him right Mm -hmm. um I still I'm going I'm going to stick with them. I'm going to st- stick with the 76ers in the East and I'm going to stick with the Clippers. I do know the Suns are in for if they play Utah or they play the Clippers, it's going to be uh a very dark period. Um in fact, I think they'll lose in 5. So let's, let's let's record this and keep this uh because think about it, who did they face really? I mean, they faced a, a crippled Laker team, a crippled back. I mean, that that was a that was a CBA backcourt, right? Did they face with Denver?
0: No, you can't. You don't get to say this. You don't get to say this because this is what I was telling you when your boy Damian Lillard <laughs> lost to them in the first round. You were telling me how <laughs> good Jokic is, how good Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> is, and uh, how good Monty that. Morris was, and all this sort of <laughs> crap. And now you can't use this against uh, uh, as an argument against the Suns. You don't get to do this.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, hey, you got to hand it to him. They still won, right? And they're going to be a good team for years to come, unless he leaves for the Lakers. Um,
0: which but because he, he can't,
1: we'll see what he does. But I, I, uh, I don't think they're better than the Clippers. I think I still think the Clippers, when they play, the biggest problem with the Clippers to me has been the the insane amount of rotations and in different. He, he should just stick with you know seven guys or eight guys on that team. And when you get down to it, Kawhi Leonard's still to me the best player in the NBA. And i I just am amazed by what that guy can do on both ends of the court they're gonna come out of the west i I, I still believe it do you disagree and even chris how about Paul George how about somebody giving him uh uh you know half the Press that uh, you know Chris Paul has got it's been insane. Paul jordan has been great the last two games.
0: Oh, he's, he's he's a worse player than Chris Paul, so that's why he doesn't get that much. Oh, practice. really? You know, shout out to Chris Paul made the uh, All NBA second team. Uh, congratulations to him. Jimmy Butler, All NBA as well. We'll throw that in there Frederick. The third Thirteen?
1: Did he actually make it? Thirteen? He did. Wow! He made I'm shocked 13. to hear that.
0: That'll well, be the last I'm time I make that because it was it was very obvious that he was going to make it.
1: I thought Tatum should have made it ahead of him. He got my vote, but nobody no. nobody counted it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, well, shocking to learn. <laughs> all bet- right, so you're, you're saying Sixers and Clippers then. The prophet has spoken. Who are you saying? Who are you? Who do you have? Uh, I, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I really thought the Nets, but you know the injuries on that they load. have. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I assumed that they were going to go through because I just don't trust the Bucks at all, and the Sixers just don't have enough offense for me. But the these injuries to to, to Kyrie and Harden sort of level it up, so. I don't. I have no idea who's going to come out of the east. In in the west, I would. I would. I would say that the, the Clippers are the most talented team. But um, my sons are going through to the NBA finals.
1: <laughs> you her here first,
0: Frederick. My sons are doing it. So um, but one last question before I let you go. Again, sure. because you are the prophet, and like we sort of spoke about before, we're one week away from the lottery itself. What is going to happen next Tuesday night? Do the Bulls retain their pick, or is it going to Orlando? Uh,
1: I don't want to. Oh, well.
0: Boy. But you're a puffer, You have to say something.
1: Well, I, I'm trying to learn this Pink Floyd song first. Let me learn that <laughs> first, and then I'll, I'll make my uh, announcement there. I think the Bulls are going to get in the top four. I really, I feel good about it. If you look at their, their luck, has kind of changed. They went from yeah. you know, I, mean, I had the seven pick and 17s, all that stuff. Then the yeah. AK four, the sevens. I think they're going to end up with the fourth pick, which is kind of a bummer because I really wanted them to get Suggs, um, and I think he's going to go two. But you know. Green is still going to be great, but now you got a shooting guard, right? You got to kind of have like a him yeah. and Levine basically play the same position regardless. You know yeah. how insane the city's going to go if the Bulls get a top four pick? It's going yeah. to be awesome. And not just for the city, for us, Mark. We actually have something to talk about, right? Draft prep. And in my draft prep last year was just exceptional. I mean, I was <laughs> I was on top of everything. I knew Aquaro was going to be awesome. I knew uh, Denny Average was going to suck. So, Didn't you really
0: I, love Obi Toppin? Just remember?
1: Well, did, Obi Toppin's going to be great. That was Tibbs' fault. Tibbs does that to Aww, every rookie. Did you, did out you out see how good he looked in the playoffs? I thought there were nah. moments in the playoffs where there were tears in my eyes how good Obi looked. I'd take Obi Toppin right now. That's what Tibbs does to rookies. He doesn't ever play rookies. He, he, sets them all backward. he sets them all back. I'm so excited, though, about that. Think about how crazy the city will go. If we got the number one pick, can you imagine that? Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about for the next week, and um, I'm hoping it happens, um, but now that you've – what are you gonna do if it happens? Gonna, I don't know. Probably just tweet a lot. Did you hear <laughs> about? Did you,
1: did you hear me describing when I did on the uh, the sun horns? Did you hear about that story? Oh,
0: yeah, that, that was
1: ridiculous. <laughs> what do you mean it was ridiculous? If anyone doesn't didn't hear about this on six ten on June tenth, there was a special sunrise that w- happens every six years where the the sun actually rises in the shape of horns, but you have to be on a certain part of the planet. So, I knew that was prophetic that that was a sign that next year will be the new Suns. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you see what yeah, I'm it's,
0: saying? Yeah, really, it really stops to make you think, doesn't it? <laughs> it uh, does. it, really it fit, does. I really
1: I, I does. The best part about it was I wanted to film uh, – wake up my son, my wife was in Florida with my daughter visiting family and just, so it was just me and my son I was going to wake him up at like six ten in the morning we're going to climb to the top of a mountain and get a picture of me screaming bulls with the sun rising in the background with the horns but he, he wouldn't wake up and, um, we don't, there's no mountains by us. So we just, had, there's a ski hill that would have worked that we could have walked up. But, um, regardless, you couldn't even see it in Chicago. Anyhow, I tried to look at the sun and <laughs> kind of damaged my eye, but there was no horns.
0: Well, yeah, that's a great story. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I really feel for you. I really feel for you. For yourself. I got one more
1: story. Uh, Do you want it before we go or no? Yeah. Uh, why not? Why not? Oh right, yeah. So it's, this is a dad story. So, okay. uh, when my first my, my uh, daughter was born the day after. Uh, she was supposed to be born on Christmas, believe it or not, but my wife was in labor for so long that it went into the next day. I had to stand for like twenty four straight hours. My back was killing me, but um, she was eventually born on the twenty sixth, and uh, so that morning was exciting. And but she was a cranky baby, like I'm sure uh, C. Red Ted is, and yeah. you know I didn't sleep very well. So for a while. So I would go into work in the parking garage downtown and sleep in my car during lunch. And unfortunately, um, you know, that's January and when we're, you know, January, February, March, when my daughter was growing. So I'd sleep during lunch in my car and I would have to turn the car on. Well, some moron in March when it was like 10 degrees starts pounding on my window. And he's like, I'm like, what the hell is going on? And he's like, w- what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm sleeping. I have a newborn at home, and you just woke me up. And he's like, well, you're trying. I thought you were trying to kill yourself. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you got a car running in a in a garage. I'm like, this is a parking garage, you moron. There's this idiot. Th- <laughs> Can you Wait, believe how has this? this got
0: to do with anything with like fatherly advice or child? Advice. Say, That's so how you so premise the story. <laughs> well, the fatherly advice is um
1: just <laughs> if you, fatherly advice is don't sleep in your car or if you yeah. do uh put a sign in the window that says I you cannot die uh by running a, a car um uh, in an open par- public parking garage. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, and on that note, let's close the <laughs> what an eventful return to podcasting this has been for me well I, you know, this was a great decision by me to um to decide to come back on the mic today and to decide to invite you back on like wh- what? You a believe great that idiot? By me. yeah <laughs> I,
1: if yeah, that guy's listening yeah. out there i cannot believe you were that dumb to think that you could d- asphyxiate yourself in a public parking garage anyhow
0: <laughs> great story fred great story but um you know, great story, great time that I've had with you today. Uh, I really did appreciate you coming on. It's um hasn't necessarily made me miss podcasting, but it was fun on the list, <laughs> and I hope I hope you are right that the Bulls do get that top four pick next week. Um, We're not if that they far are, away.
1: We're not that I'll, far. Uh,
0: away. I'll sh- I'll tip my hat, shake your hand, and say, "Well done, sir."
1: Godspeed, my friend. Say, I'll, give all, me right. all the best to, to see Red Tide.
0: I'll tell him uh, Uncle Freddie says hello.
1: Sounds good, my man. Take it easy.
0: All right. Thank you, Frederick. Uh, Bulls fans, we'll be back next week to wrap up what does transpire at the lottery, whether the Bulls get that pick or not. Hopefully, based on Fred's prediction that they, they do. And um, whenever that you know, whenever that happens, this time next week, we'll be back on the mic to, to wrap up the NBA lottery. But uh, fingers crossed the Bulls get that pick. So we'll be on the lookout for the podcast back next week. I'm hopefully going to be on a bit of a more, bit of a more routine schedule now that things are hopefully settling uh, at my home life, but um, you never know with newborns. But uh, in, in the interim, tune into next week's podcast as we wrap up what happens at the lottery. But uh, thanks for your patience whilst I've been away. Thank you for continuing to support Balls HQ. Thank you to Frederick for coming on. And like I said, he better be right this time. He's been wrong in the past, but uh, let's hope Frederick's right this time. Speak then, Bulls fans. <music>